0: One more. No, I'm teasing. Um, now we're ready to get into the sermon. John, cha- I know, right? John chapter 15 is where we're going to be at this morning. And as we dig in to John chapter 15, um, Jesus here is going to say, I am the vine. And, and as we get into who he is and what is, our, what, what are we supposed to do? As a, as a church, how do we stay connected to the vine. And I may have shared this story with you in the past, but growing up, um, my grandma Phyllis, she had this vine uh, of grapes that grew along uh, her back fence. And so every summer, we would go over and she would trim it, she would take care of it. It had all kinds of beautiful grapes. They were not seedless grapes, so you had to make sure you spit them out. I ate more than one, um, but we would get into the pool, we would swim, and then we would go out and we would pick grapes and we would eat them right there. And they were just, they were awesome. They were delicious. It would just kind of quench you after being in the pool and being so hot. It was a great thing to be able to do. But then as we got older as kids and my parents decided that they didn't want to drive 20 minutes to, to go to grandma's house to, to swim and all of that, my parents decided that we would go get an a, a above ground pool. And so we would still go over to grandma's, but because we weren't always there and grandma started to get a little bit older, she stopped really tending and taking care of the vine. And because she stopped taking care of the vine, it grew wild a- and it didn't produce the fruit. And I remember one, one year I, I went over and I went to go get grapes because I was really looking forward to getting these grapes and eating these grapes. No go. They were small there was no flavor to them and it was because it had completely went wild and when i think about that it reminds me of what we read here in john chapter 15 and here's the main idea for this morning if we faithfully follow jesus he will make us fruitful but are we going to be faithful are we going to allow him to grow us and to do what he needs to do and one of the great things about today for the fall kickoff isn't just the chili and the pie and the bounce house and all of that other stuff the leadership myself as we have sat down and we have talked one of the things that we want to look at for this next year as we kick off here is really focusing in on discipleship what is discipleship what does it look like to be a disciple of jesus christ Because a lot of us, we attend church. A lot of us, we attend men's group. But are we truly disciples? We're signed up on Facebook to be a part of the women's group. We're we're, we're receiving the emails. But are we connected? Are we connected truly to the vine? Discipleship defined. A disciple is a believer who lovingly follows Jesus. And listen, intentionally. Intentionally. There's that word, intentionally helps others follow him. And a few words for discipleship that I I, I think uh, for a disciple, a disciple loves, learns, and lives God's word. A disciple is one who loves like Jesus loves. A disciple must deny self before following the Savior. A disciple must die to his own desires, listen, daily daily. We must deny ourselves daily because we know what we want, right? We know what it is that really will make us feel good. However, we must deny that if we're truly focused on who Jesus is. And here's the last one. A disciple follows Jesus no matter what. No matter what is happening, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what political view you have, no matter what you, whatever comes across, listen, a disciple follows Jesus no matter what. And that's what we have to focus on is being a disciple of Jesus. So let's look, John chapter 15 verses 1 through 8. So by saying that he, Jesus, by Jesus saying that he is the vine, he is is employing an image very familiar to his followers. There were vineyards all over the place in Israel. The vine was, the the grape and the vine was very synonymous with who the Israelite nation truly was. Grapes appeared on coins during the the period between Malachi and, and Matthew. And in his his teaching, he loved to use illustrations from what was around him. He would talk about water, seed, soil, fig trees, flowers, birds. And here, he's in the vines. He's in the grapes. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. I mean, in our culture today, he could use soybeans. He could use corn. Around here, what would he use? Pavement, cars. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> Amen. It's all around us, right? I mean, we, we, we have all of that around us. The grapevine represented Israel's fruitfulness in doing God's work here on earth. Psalm chapter 80, verse 8 says, You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. David here is saying, You took what was in Egypt and you pulled it out, even when they didn't want it. And some of them, they wanted it, and then they said, Oh, Man, we're in the wilderness. Uh, it would be better if we went back to Egypt. What? No. Do you remember you were slaves in Egypt? No, you wanted to be out. And eventually he took them and he planted them in the promised land. Unfortunately, the people didn't always stay fruitful. And they went wild on their own. We see this in Psalm chapter 80, verses 12 through 13. We keep reading. Why then have you broken down its walls so that all who pass along will pl- will? the way will pluck its fruit. The boar from the forest ravages it and all that move in the field feed on it. God had taken away what was around the the grapevine, Israel, because they were not following the way. You see, God has grape expectations for us. (laughs) Ha ha, you got that one. God has always had these expectations for his followers. Instead of producing sweet grapes, though, again, they yielded something different. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 21 says, Yet I planted you a choice vine, holy of pure seed. How then have you turned degenerate and become a wild vine? God's desire has always been for his people to be Fruitful. We go all the way back to Genesis. We go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. He says, be fruitful and multiply. This call to be fruitful was repeated and reinforced after the flood. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1 says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Since a disciple must exhibit fruit which comes faithfully from following Jesus, a Christ follower who does not produce fruit is a contradiction in terms. We have been called to produce fruit every step of the way. Matthew chapter 21 verse 19 says, One day Jesus went for a walk, and seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it, but only leaves and he said to it may no fruit ever come from you again and the fig tree withered at once now we read in mark that it was the next day that peter really noticed it but here matthew says that it withered as once it is unacceptable to be attached to the vine and not bear fruit so What do we have as the setting here? What was really happening? When did Jesus say this? Again, if we read in John chapter 15, 13 and 14, Jesus has been in the upper room. He has shared the last meal with his disciples. And now they're gonna go over to um, the Mount of Olives. And as they go over, there were vineyards there as well. The moonlight would have been shining down. There would have been all kinds of, of vines growing. And this is where Jesus says, these very things he says i am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser so what are the characteristics in the vineyard i i I find three characteristics here the first one jesus is he says the true vine the word vine literally meant he is the root, he is the trunk it's a part that comes out of the ground it's something that everything gets its nourishment from and this is a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that that we should look at him and no beauty that we would desire him. So in contrast to the faithless, fruitful, fruitless Israel, Jesus is the fulfillment where they are not. And he says that he is the true vine. It means here that he is trustworthy it means that he is genuine it means that he is the real one jesus is the real messiah we've talked about that that there were all kinds of messiahs that would come jesus here is saying hey i am the true i I am the i am the authentic i'm the real one i am the messiah you have been longing for now there's more going on here as well this is the seventh time in the Gospel of John that Jesus has used the phrase, I am. And he has used the, the phrase, I am, for many different things. But again, it harkens back to Moses when he is with the burning bush. It was God speaking to him through the burning bush. And Moses says, okay, God, you want me to go back? You want me to tell all of these people, all of your people in, in, in Egypt, that they need to follow me. But who am I? Uh, Why are they going to follow me? Who do I say that you are? And he says, I am who I am. I am who I am. Jesus is calling himself Yahweh. He is God. The second thing that we see here is the father is the farmer. I'm the true vine, and then there's the vine dresser. It literally means the one who farms or tills. The, The gardener's primary task is to grow grapes, The growth to happen, for for growth to happen, the ground must be cultivated. It must be fertilized. Pests must be controlled. This past year, we we grew a a garden like we always do. I have all kinds of peppers. If you need peppers, I have all kinds of hot peppers out there in a bowl. Take them. There's all kinds. Okay, the little orange ones, though, they're not really hot. You can eat them like candy. No big deal. Um, Please take them. I have all kinds of them. I always am able to grow peppers. But this was the first year that we were able to grow tomatoes. And so I went through, I put some lime down, I put some good fertilizer down, and and Teresa planted some, some beautiful tomato plants. But then we also planted some sweet peas. When I pulled out the sweet peas, the next day, all of a sudden, I found six tomato plants. I'm like, where'd they come from? I didn't plant them. But I was cultivating constantly, and maybe they grew from last year. I have no clue, but I have six different plants. Then I pulled green beans. Guess what? I found more growing there. And then, again, we didn't plant them. We don't know where they came from. We had pumpkins. Pumpkins started growing up. We had squash starting to grow up. We had, we, now we have gourds that are starting to grow up. Here's the problem, though. All of those other things, the, the pumpkins and the squash, they were growing, and I couldn't Get the pests off of them because if I sprayed those, I would get the tomatoes. And because I didn't care for them properly, they withered and they died. And they rotted. It was on me to cultivate them properly, yet I didn't. And so they died. See, uh, God the Father, he is the vine dresser. He is the farmer. He has tilled the ground. He has made us ripe to where the ground can be planted. And now, Jesus, he is the vine. And now it's on us to actually grow. He is the farmer. We're going to talk about many more things that the farmer does here in in just a minute. Number three, though, we are the branches. We are the branches. So we have the vine, we have the farmer, and now we have the branches. Our job is simple. I mean, really, in all of it, our job is simple. If we faithfully follow Jesus, he will make us fruitful. It's not our job to be fruitful He's the one that will make us fruitful if we will just follow him and allow him to do a work inside of us. If we are connected with the trunk, if we are connected with the root base, then we will be the branches that will produce the fruit. So let's take a walk in the vineyard. You know, one author believes that 50% of all Christians bear little fruit. 5% bear much fruit. That means that 45% aren't really bearing any fruit at all. That's scary. It's up to us to bear fruit. If we want to see the church grow, here's the thing. the, The pastor, he needs to set the example, right? The elders have to lead by example, right? But guess what? It's not just the pastor and the elders who are called to grow the church. It's upon every single one of us who are connected to the vine to grow the church, we have all been called to be a part of this program. We have all been called to be a part of what is happening here at Stafford County Christian Church. And we, we must do our job to be fruitful. We must do our part to bring more people in. John chapter 15 verse 16 tells us God expects us to bear fruit. That's why we're alive today. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide. God is saying that directly to his disciples, but we could read that today, and he is speaking directly to us here 2,000 years later. The principle is simple. God, the gardener, loves us so much and is so committed to displaying his glory, he actively prunes, purges, and purifies our lives. But we have to be willing to allow him to do so. He doesn't want us to produce minimal fruit. Now, we start there, right? We start just producing minimal fruit. But then, as the time grows, as the time goes, then we can start really producing the fruit that we're called to do. And here's the good news more is always possible. More is always possible. Matthew chapter 7, verse 20. Fruit bearing is a sign of a fruitful life. It says, thus you will recognize them by their fruits. As I said at the beginning, we're going to really focus in on discipleship this next year. If you are not plugged in, it's time. It is time to be a part of the women's group. It's, a part, it's time to be a part uh, of, of the women's the men's group, the women's group. There's many different activities that you can do as part of those. We have a Bible study that meets on Sunday mornings. They're not meeting this morning because of the fall kickoff, but Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock, right through those doors right there. That's where they meet. And he, you, you know what I'm hoping for? I'm hoping that that Bible study just continues to explode, and I, I, I can't say through that door anymore because they have to meet somewhere else because it's big, too big to fit in that room, that would be awesome, to split it off, and if we have to start a second one, that's what we have to do, and if you're interested, if you want to be a part of the, the, the Bible study, Jose and Misty, they're going to be set up, and, and you can talk, raise your hands, there you go, they're in the back, they're over there, if you are interested in being a part of Bible study, I want you to talk to them, because we'll get you connected to be a part of that, but here's the thing, you need you to be involved, you need you to be involved. Yes, we want you involved. Yes, we need volunteers to help in the youth ministry and the children's ministry. We need people to be door greeters and, and to welcome people into the church. We need people to work in the sound booth. We need people uh, to be techs. We, we need people to be a part of everything that is happening, building and grounds. We're always in need of repair somewhere, okay? Always. So if, if you fit one of those, we're going to get you connected. And yes, we need you, but you need you and you will grow through those times in ministry look at verse six if anyone does not abide in me he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered thrown into the fire and burned you know just before jesus says this we go back to john chapter 13 jesus is in the upper room (laughs) and jesus pointed out that there was a traitor among the twelve. He wasn't bearing fruit, and he needed to be cut off. We know him as Judas. And I think Jesus probably had him in mind when he said these very things. And as a result, he was cut off and thrown into the fire. How do you move from little fruit to a lot of fruit? How, how do we go from minimal fruit to, to more fruit, to much fruit. We must faithfully abide in him, and he will make us faithful. That is what we've been called to do. So now let's find fruit. There are three ways to grow more fruit according to this very passage. Number one, ex- expect pruning. L- look at the end of, of verse two. Every branch that does not bear uh, fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, the person with false faith, that person's cut off, okay? That person is just just cut off. But here, the person that is, he's connected, and he might be bearing a little bit of fruit. Well, a little bit of discipline, a little bit of pruning may need to take place in his life. It it makes sense that the gardener would remove the unproductive branches. Again, as I go back to, to my garden Um, The tomato plants they're growing and all of a sudden I noticed especially my cherry tomatoes They just weren't producing the way that they were before And I noticed that there were a lot of kind of just branches that were hanging on And so I started pulling them off and breaking them off cutting them back and and as I did so What started to happen as I pruned it back all of a sudden lush beautiful nasty tasting cherry tomatoes (laughs) There's a bowl of them too please take them. I, gr- listen, I grow them, y'all eat them, okay? That's what, I, I make salsa with the big tomatoes, you don't get those, okay? But um, here, the, the, the thing is though, I don't like the taste of them, but I love to grow them. I, I love to be that farmer that's pruning, and, and as I'm pruning them back, I'm like, oh, I hate doing this, because they, oh, there was a couple on that one, But as I cut it back, it grew and it blossomed more and now all of a sudden they're lush and they're they're bigger than what they were before and they're turning and and they're beautiful. It's awesome to see what happens when just a little bit of pruning takes place here. Jesus performs the ministry of pruning uh, pruning and purifying. Listen, what does he say? Every branch, every single one of you Even if you are being completely faithful, there will be some pruning in your life. Because if there's not just a little bit of pruning, it may hurt us worse. And we need to make sure that we do so. Pruning yields a bigger and better crop. We all need this because we come into the Christian life with our flesh and the world upon us. And, And we need to be chiseled away. You know, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says that we are God's workmanship. We are his craftsmanship. We are his handiwork. Different versions use different words in there. And that's what we need to do. We need to be chiseled down, we, we need to become his workmanship the moment we become a Christian. So let's go back to the purpose of the vineyard because the goal is to what? Be fruitful and grow more grapes. Everything else must be sacrificed for the sake of the harvest. And that's the important thing. So what do we do? God does not prune. Listen, God does not prune indiscriminately. He doesn't just come in and start cutting back. I mean, what would happen if I went in and just grabbed the hedge trimmers to those and just start, like, that wouldn't be very good, right? Right? No, I have to know when to cut. I need to know how to cut. And the thing is, not only does he prune indiscriminately, not prune indiscriminately, he also prunes. And there's going to be a little pain with it. If you're out there and you're involved, now listen, the, 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 the tomato plant doesn't go, ow. Like it doesn't, but you can tell it's still painful for what is happening. In our lives, there's going to be pain when those things happen. And, 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 and we need to go through that. And, and here's the thing. That pain may not just be a short time. Sometimes it can take a long time. While that pruning is taking place, it may take a long time. What did we talk about last week? We spend our time in the desert. And sometimes the desert is a week long. Sometimes the desert is three years. For the Israelites, how long was it? It was 40 years that they spent in the deserts is god pruning you right now if so remember it's not ultimately for your pain but it's for your gain and that's what we have to hold on to psalm chapter 119 verses 67 and 71 before i was afflicted i went astray but now i obey your word it was good for me to be afflicted so that i might learn your decrees David here said that he had to go through pain. He had to be afflicted in order to truly see God's awesome plan for him. The second thing that we need to see here is we need to allow the word to wash us. We need to allow God's word, the Bible, which means we need to open it daily. We need to open up our app We need to open up the actual pages. We need to read it. We need to hear it. We need it to be a part of our lives every single day. It's got to be a part of what we're doing. That's what we've been called to do. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Again, the image here that that the vine just left to their own, what are they going to do? They're just going to grow on the ground and they're going to get dirty. And all of that fruit that's laying in the the ground is going to be filled and covered with dirt and mud and it's not gonna grow and it's gonna rot. So what does the farmer do? What does the vine dresser do? He gently picks it up and he places it along with the rest of the vines along with what they're trying to do and he keeps them clean and they produce great fruit. We need to allow the word to be a part of us, to wash us, to cleanse our life brothers sisters friends are you playing around in the mud of sin are you allowing are you allowing everything that's going on in your life just to keep you dirty allow him to wash you allow him to cleanse you and you will bear much fruit. hebrews chapter 12 verse 11 says For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but rather it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. The gardener, the farmer, your heavenly father, he has a plan for you. He has a plan for your life. And we have to allow him to do so, but he has an ultimate plan. And again, I've talked about this. It would be great if he would let us know what it is ahead of time, right? Well, God, if you, if you would tell me where I was supposed to go, it would be so much easier. He doesn't always give us that insight, though, but let's, he has a plan for your life. You have to be willing. We talked about this in men's group yesterday. We have to be willing to say, not my will, but your will be done. God, I, I, no thanks I, do I have to, you know, Dan, Dan, Dan loves to say, um, I, I, I love to, I, I want to pray for his will, but I'm scared to death because he might tell me that I need to go to Timbuktu and become a missionary. And I don't want to do it. And I'm right there with him. But if God calls us to do it, what do we do? We be faithful and we do it. Because if we're unfaithful to him and he continues trying to push us, uh, we might be swallowed by a whale. Or, I'm sorry, a great fish. Sorry, it doesn't say whale. Well, it says a great fish. My fault. He may take us the long way and the hard way where we need to go. He may bleach our skin completely. He, he may cover us in, in, in whatever was inside of that great fish. He's going to take us where he wants us. But we have to be willing to allow him to do so. Now, there is a difference between pruning... And discipline. I want to share that with you just for a second. While they both hurt, and they're both for our good, there is a difference. Discipline primarily comes because of sin. We have sin in our life, and he's going to discipline us. Pruning, on the other hand, it deals with the problem of self. Now, we can, our self, cause us to sin. But most of the time, discipline is because of sin. Pruning gets us away from ourself to be willing to move past what it is that we struggle with the most. If we faithfully follow Jesus, He will make us fruitful. The last thing that I really want us to focus in on here is that the fact that we need to stay connected to Christ. We need to stay connected to Christ. Look at verses 4 through 5. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that that bears much fruit. For for apart from me, you can do nothing. That word abide, it means to stay. It means to dwell, to remain, to settle in for a long time. Are we abiding in Christ? we need to abide in him we need to allow him to remain in us and us in him you know the word abide in john chapter 15 is used 11 times it's used 40 times in the gospel of john 27 times in john's epistles first second and third john he really focuses in on this word abide a lot He wants us to see that we need to remain in Jesus. That's what we've been called to do. The call here is to attentiveness. If you abide in Christ, you will produce fruit for the glory of God. Fruit happens when we hold on to Christ. Faithfulness is our obligation. We have been called to be faithful. Fruitfulness is God's concern. If you are faithful to him, you will produce fruit. And that's on God. He's going to do that. He's going to do a work in and through you. We just have to be willing to allow him to do so. My task is to trust, obey, and abide. His job is to produce the fruit through me. That's what it all comes down to. Discipleship is about having a close-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. The phrase, in me, is used six times here. Jesus says you must remain in me me there are a lot of people that are in the church right there are a lot of people that are in religion but that doesn't mean that they're in christ there's such a big difference such a big difference apart from christ you will not be able to grow fruit what's he say for apart from me you can do nothing if you have the courage This morning, I want you to take a look at your life. I want you to look inside. Are you abiding in Him? I want you to look at your life and say, am I allowing God to prune me? It's going to hurt, but it is for your benefit and ultimately for the whole kingdom of God. We just have to be willing to allow Him to do so. Have you been drifting spiritually? Are you neglecting Spiritual disciplines. James says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. That's what it all comes down to. We're going to finish with one final verse and uh, the band's going to come up. We're going to continue our worship while we take communion. And as we look at this last verse here, we focus in on getting ourselves right to partake of community. If you haven't taken it, it's on the the tables on the sides and the back. You can get up and get that for you and your family. I want you to think about what Jesus has done for you. What is he doing for you right now? What I want you to know is as a Christ follower, you need to expect some pruning. You need to allow the word to wash you, and you need to stay connected to Christ. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to be connected to him. And as Christ's followers, as we prepare to take communion, I also want to give you that opportunity that if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today can be the day that you start fresh. You can accept Him today. If you need prayer in your life, you need something going on, you feel like there's a sin that you just can't get past, you want to know why He's pruning you, what discipline's going on, and you need someone to talk to, I'm going to be in the back, the elders are going to be in the back, If you want to place your membership right here at Stafford County Christian Church, you can make that decision this morning as well. The final verse that I have is John chapter 15, verse eight. Jesus says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Are we being his disciples? Allow that just to sink in as we we pray as we take communion, as we sing these two final songs. And if you need someone to talk to, to pray with, if you're ready to accept him as your Savior, I'm going to be in the back. The elders are going to be in the back. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to help you upon any journey that you're going on. Let's pray. Almighty Father, I thank you so much for allowing us to worship you here today. Father, as, as we remember what you have called us to be, we need to expect that pruning we need to to be a part of you we need to be a part of the kingdom that is growing and doing so many amazing things we need to be a part of what is happening outside of just our community though we need to be a voice right here at stafford county christian church and in stafford county and the surrounding areas but but father you've called us to be a part of everything that's happening in the state of virginia You have called us to be a part of of the outreach that is happening down in New Orleans. You have called us to be a part of of missions that we support in in England. The mission that we support uh, over in India. The fact that we are sending our money there and we are seeing what they are doing is they not only are reaching those in India, but they have started five Afghan churches as well. Lord, we see amazing things happening in us and through us and through our church body and our family. Father, we also want to remember that as we are a family, there's always room for one more, that we can pull up that, ta- that, that chair to the table and say, hey, come and be a part of what we are doing. Father, be with us as we partake communion, that we remember the ultimate sacrifice of your son. And Lord, if there is someone here that needs to make a decision, that they will make it here today, that they will come seek out myself or the elders. If they're in the youth group, that they will talk to Jared and Hannah. Father, that you are in control, that you are in charge of our lives. That is the ultimate thing that we need to know. We pray all of this in your son's most holy and precious name. Amen.